Well, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the From Busy to Rich podcast. Our podcast exists to inspire advisors like you to increase your profitability, but also your quality of life for you and for those around you. Uh, today, we're joined again by Wes Young. Good to see you again. Hey. I would say see you because I see you, but you know you can watch the video. Uh, I actually find it, find it quite engaging to watch uh, videos like this. So, uh, But if you're just driving, you can't see us. We look great today. Uh, Stephanie, great to have you back. Good to be here. Uh, and Se- oh, By the way, Wes, what is Stephanie's uh, full title now? Because I'm sure it's changed over the, over the years. Uh, that's a good question. Stephanie, what's your full title now? Can I just pause real quick? Real quick. Stephanie is so trusted and so delegated to that Wes is like, I don't know, just you're, you're, you're in charge of your title too. So Stephanie, what is your title? Uh, my current title is Director of Financial Strategies. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. And Justin is here as well. Justin, I'm going to ask you questions for Justin today as his uh, observations of Stephanie in, uh, in the business uh, and joining the team after Stephanie. So Justin, good to see you as well, my friend. Good to be seen, sir. Uh, so we're going to pick up today from last week's episode where we talked about sort of the backstory of, of for the early days and Stephanie being challenged and finding her and investing in her and, and, and not telling her that you didn't have that much money yet, but she was going to be the one to help you make more. And it worked out. So, you know, water under the bridge, right? Uh, so I want us to focus now on, um, if for those who are listening, you say, you know, I, I want that. I want to have a person on my team like that. Um, Wes, I, I want to actually begin with you, and then I'm actually going to go to you next, Justin. Wes, what you're, you're starting today, and I know you work with advisors. You train people through westyounglive.com and the program's there. And you, you speak to advisors, and, and people come to you all the time for advice. Um, a lot of them, that admin hire, that that, that first admin hire or, or director of operations, it's just huge. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you tell them they need to begin and, and the tool set to, to find that right person and to train that right person? Yeah. So I think the way I look at this, you've got um, like a series of filters that that will serve to distill down the universe of people that will apply for a job to uh, the people that you actually think are qualified for the job and the people that you think are not disqualified, but will fit your culture. And and so it kind of moves through that series of filters. Um, you certainly have all the normal, if you started at the furthest realm of those filters, you're creating a job description. You're putting that out on, uh, you know, Indeed or, or you know, I don't know if monsters.com is still a thing, but you put it out on things like that. And then you're going to get a bunch of resumes, which you, again, you don't need to be filtering, but somebody needs to filter them to whether they're remotely qualified or not. Then you bring it down to people that you really like. You maybe you have a quick call with them. And then, and again, I do none of this, by the way, this is all done by staff and other people on the team. Right. And then we have a series of tests that we put them through, which we can talk about, but uh, certainly it's going to be an IQ test. Certainly it's going to be a, um, uh, a, a Colby that we talked about last time and a working genius test and, uh, and, and, and where appropriate other like specific role specific, uh, assessments is really probably the better word other than test. And so we, we can dig into what all those tell you, but I'm going to tell you, and, and that sounds like you're like a new advisor and already you're tired and you're like, Oh, I don't have a Stephanie. You told me like nine things that I need to do. These don't take that long to do. Um, and, and I will tell you, pro- I mean, this is just my observation of the way to fast track getting to a person that you like that's potentially qualified to that point is hit up your existing network of help. Cause that's where some of our best people have come from. 
Uh, not always. There's some outliers, but your existing network of help, your existing friends, your existing clients that you work for, uh, even in, in the case of like if you work for um, like a, a large insurance carrier like a New York Life, they have general offices all across the country and a lot of people moving in and out, going to your local one and saying, hey, we're looking for someone to hold this role. And, it, and quite often that's where some of the, again, we've had great people come from that kind of kind of system. So whatever your network is, I always would start there. I've, I've gotten uh, some of our, our team members from throwing a, as Stephanie would tell you, poorly crafted grammatically um, um, with spelling errors message in Facebook saying, hey, we're kind of looking to hire somebody like this. And then they come in, but they come in the system and then you, you test them. And, and, and then we get to the, the kind of final product there. So we can, we can dive in on more, more on that stuff. Okay. So Justin, I want to ask you, um, remind folks how long you've been a part of Wes's team. Yeah. So I came on in, in, what was it August of last year? So a little over a year now. Okay. How, how does the way, the, with the way the company is structured, um, within the first maybe month or two, what did you understand of Stephanie's role within the company? Where she's at now? That's a great question. What did I understand? So Steph was really, a, in a lot of ways, kind of a go-to for me for a little bit of anything and everything. If I had additional questions and needed support, she was, was who I would go to and lean on. Obviously, there were there Cody's another lead advisors that have questions for Cody and OS on, on some of that stuff and dealing with clients, but but overall, operationally, flow, uh, administratively, like Steph was uh, kind of like the go-to for me yeah. in in building, onboarding, and and just getting into the process and flow of things. And I want I want advisors to hear in that answer that that how much time freed up was freed up because West didn't have to answer those questions. And you know, it's kind of a joke that it's like it's a good thing Wes didn't have to answer him because he would do it wrong. Definitely, right? a lot of so, but it's also you know like there's this great image that you know and it's more about like the education system but it's like you know if you ask an elephant to climb a tree it's going to feel like a failure because like that's not what they're built for if you ask a bird to climb a tree they're like you know I'm made for that and I will say this like I think that there's a there's a limitation many advisors have because they're not Stephanie's. They're not those detail-oriented, operationally focused and gifted people. They're not wired. And so they just have a hard time even imagining like there are people like that, right? But then when you find them, you can onboard new people that are phenomenal like Justin. And Justin, you know, has this an awesome resource and can get up to speed and get real great momentum. And it doesn't take a lot of your time, right, Wes? That's right. So tell me now, and then, you know, again, we're, we're focusing on you're going to add someone. Um, you, you said don't discount your natural um, connections. And I, I'd say all, the, the best part about that is not the reach. It's not that your natural connections are going to go out to a thousand people or 5,000 people. It's that your natural connections know you. They know the kind of person you are, right? Yeah. So um, let me ask this. What kind of work do you think that the people you're trying to get like physically where could you find them i mean are they unemployed are they sitting at home are they you know like where, where do you think that these people this an advisor is looking for someone 
Like, what are they maybe doing now? I would say they're, I mean, mo- just our experience, I'm not saying they couldn't be unemployed. Ours, none of ours were there. They were all, you know, people that we've hired, they, they were employed somewhere and we just found out that they may be a good fit for what we were looking to do. And, uh, and, and, you know, we're willing to go through our process to see if this was a story they wanted to participate in. And, and I'd love it because I think a good way to back into that, Andy, is, is Steph, if you could talk through kind of the, the a, a, a team player, B team player, and kind of the things we are looking for when you're doing, trying to get A's. And then the things we do in order to like go, like give us the highest probability that that's where we're getting and setting that up for success. You bet it. So I think, you know, first you find your candidate and like Wes was saying earlier, you're going to screen them, um, you know, no matter where they come from and then have a quick conversation. And if that conversation doesn't go well, that's the end of the road. And if it does and you have interest, then let's go ahead and get some assessments done. Nicole B. Um, you know, I think that finding somebody, you're looking for somebody that's coming in and advising practice. You need somebody who can help with administration and operations. They don't necessarily need to understand planning unless you're hiring a higher level of someone to do like para planner work and things like that. So someone who is detail oriented, somebody that does have follow through, someone that has a serving nature, a servant's heart that wants to be a part of a team and, and build something and get the advisor focused on what they do best. Um, so you put them through you know, these tests. And if they, if they're all the stars are aligning, you know, then I think you start looking from a cultural standpoint, you know, what is their emotional capacity? And sometimes that's a little harder one to get. Yeah, a good score in the beginning. I, I need you to dig a little deeper there, because I think that we all had sort of our HR flag alarm went off. Like, um, what, uh, can I, what can I say? How do I, how do I do that without getting sued? So, so what, what are the ways that, um, I mean, I've had this experience. We had someone who interviewed great. I feel like we did a good job. We did not do a good enough job because within like two weeks, we're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know. Uh, so how do you... Usually the amount of time it takes to, Andy, yes. it's just, just experience. You kind of know and and you probably wait longer than you should to 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 end it, but it's uh, definitely the... You fun, know, fun story. Fun story. Uh, we're ready to, we were ready to fire her on a Friday. And I get this email on like a Thursday at like 6.30 from her. And she never emailed after hours. And it was like, I regret to inform you that I have decided to resign. And I was like, sweet. That was easy. Awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so Stephanie, how do you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you find out those things about people? Um, it's possible. So is it, is it you need to have just more conversations with them? Is that part of the, the gap? Speak to that, like the end game of that they have to be an A in both of those, both things that we're looking for, you know, the the cognitive skills and and, and then back into what that means. Sure. So I think, you know, there's a great podcast that Michael Kitsis did, and it's called Managing Growth by Building a Team of A Players. And one of the things that just really hit me and stuck with me is stop settling for B players when you're an A team. And I think we often do that. So I think you need to carefully assess all the things, you know, how do they work? And a lot of the assessments that we do, the working genius and the Colby, it's not th- not about IQ. It's not about personality. It's how they think. How are they going to think, act and move, you know, and where does that fit into the organization? 
And I think, you know, you have to be willing to not settle because if you don't draw the line in the sand, you're going to go through something like you did, Andy. You bring someone on, they, you think they've got the skill set. Um, you know, and a lot of times when you're assessing someone, trying to understand there, that there are two different types of players. You've got people who are capable and skilled, but they're not really willing to jump in and, you know, take on the fire. You've got people who are willing, but maybe they're not capable. So trying to assess that. And I think like you mentioned with HR and and concerns of how do you vet people? I think you do it through conversation, Um, you know, finding out what are they about outside of work, right? You know, what are their beliefs and their values and do those types of things matter to them? Do they align with you and your team, right? The core values of your team. Um, you know, there's also a lot of open source information out there that you could go dig into social media, you know, things like that, where you're not having to ask questions. You're seeing what they're about. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they've got it a lot. Oh, like, that might know, be good or bad. Yeah. It, and it is fascinating. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a, a profile for people to look at when I was 20 because I didn't, I, just, I didn't have one. Right. Uh, and now they're, they're out there. And I will say that, yeah, that, that can be a place for you to learn about a person. And, um, you know, I, let me ask this too, um, Wes, there's, there's something and Stephanie, you alluded to it. Like if they're not a good fit, you just move on. Um, what kind of attitude do you need to have about hiring, about finding that, that right person? When it comes to the rejection part of it, because you're only looking to hire one person, but you're going to say no to a hundred. So what kind of mentality do you need to have going into it? And Stephanie spoke to a little bit. Yeah, I make Stephanie do it. So I don't, I don't have to reject anybody. I get to come in, Andy, in the fun part when we know we want to, like, they don't even let me talk to him until we're like very sure we're going to hire him 90% of the time, unless it's an advisor position. So, um, because just my nature is I'm always telling them how great it's going to be. And they want, you know, like selling the job, whereas Stephanie uh, has a different approach that lets them self-select out. And then also if she needs to, she'll let them know. Well, Stephanie, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to be really specific here. What are some, you know, protect, you know, remove the names to protect the guilty, but what are some examples of people sort of self-selecting themselves out of a position? Um, I think someone who, you know, it, it varies by, by, you know, different people, but just looking back at some of the things that, you know, people we've gone through or people we've considered hiring, you know, if the, if they don't seem like they're going to be a good fit culturally, you know, that's a big no. And one of the things we did learn after one of the, uh, we had someone hire on for a little while and definitely skilled, but also wanted to come in and just shake up our, our systems and our processes instead of focusing on what his role was to learn. And we didn't spend a lot of time as a team really trying to get to know him. And so we decided we would start doing team interviews, um, which I think is very important because that way everybody's getting to ask some questions and get to know this person and also cast a vote on whether they think their personality is a good fit for the team. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I see that team approach and it's like, hey, here's what I liked and here's what I didn't like. And, oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't get that perception. Yeah, well, that's, did you hear him say that? Oh, that's what they meant, you know? So I do think there's some key, really practical questions you can ask of people that will tell you more about them um, that are not intrusive, you know? But like, if 
if you had, and this is one I have, and I don't know if you guys have them too. This is one of the ones we asked is, um, if we gave you a day where you got paid, but you didn't have to come to work. So, you know, guilt-free, but we want you to just have a great day. So it's a weekday and you can do anything you want that day. What are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do all day? Um, we, you find out a lot about a person about like, they're going to go to their favorite place to eat and they're going to spend time with the people I want to. And, um, you know, we had someone answer that question with like, man, I would just sleep till like three. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, that was easy. So he was uh, honest. That's yeah, honest. You know, I'm like, uh, you're like, okay. And, and like, why, why was that a, a, a no go for us? We're like, you, that means they don't like have any interest or hobbies or whatever. You know, uh, someone else who asked that question too, they're like, I would go get up early and play tennis because I love tennis. And I'm like, I just beat the crap out of somebody in tennis because they were super competitive. And we're like, oh, we like you. Yeah. So they like, get after it. You know what I mean? Uh, so what are some questions you ask of people to, um, to help understand who they are so you can figure out if they're a good fit or not? Sure. Well, I really like that one. I think we might add that to our repertoire. Um, but I think, you know, questions, you know, what do you do on the weekends? You know, what are your hobbies? You know, just learning, you know, are they charitable? Are they philanthropic? You know, what, what means something to them? What are they passionate about? And what are their interests? And, and exactly that, what are they doing when they're not working? I think that says a lot about a person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I always liked the one too, Andy. Uh, and these can come up a lot of different ways, but like, do you, do you, what, are you a reader? You know, do you, what do you, what do you like to read? Uh, what, what's the last, you know, book or that you got into that you really liked that you can remember? Or do you listen to podcasts? Those, those kind of things just to see where are they at developmentally or, or as a hunger for that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Um, I mean, I like asking questions like, what's your favorite movie? You know, like t- tell me your top three favorite movies of all time. If they're like, oh, I love this, like crazy horror, gore. And I'm like, oh, okay, interesting, interesting, interesting. You know, uh, or they might, you know, like what's your, like there's things you can ask that aren't, you know, do you agree with these 10, 12 things? You know, like you can ask that without asking that, you know? And so Wes, someone is hearing this or listening right now and they're like, you know, I want to find my Stephanie. Okay, I'm going to go to my, my, my circle of, of people. I'm going to start to use maybe some traditional means of finding people, but also... Uh, we've had some success actually with like paid LinkedIn job listings and you can do like, you know, we, we got enough listings and like five days of paid LinkedIn posting. So we just had to do like five days and it was like, turn it off. And then we had to sort through them and then turn it back on yeah. for us. Um, and so someone is trying to, to do those things and they feel like, okay, I've, I've got, got some questions figured out. So I want to ask both of you, Stephanie West, like, how can you as quickly as possible get them up to speed without overwhelming them and also having them like cost you a bunch of money because they make a huge mistake? Yeah. Uh, so, so once you like got the person and, and they're on board, one of the things that we've implemented is, is with any, with any role, any position is we have like a metrics of based on what they're coming in to do. What, what does wild success look like in three months in five months and eight months and, and give them very tangible markers that they will be measured upon um, to say, Hey, look, wild success looks like you doing the, having accomplished this. Maybe they had to get a license. Maybe, you know, they needed to, to master some system we use or, you know, go through our transform class, whatever it might be. And, and what we do is we, 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 we check in with them regular. So, so whoever is like their direct 
they're directly reporting to at that time, they're having regular weekly conversations. And then there's like, hey, so how do you feel like you're doing in these areas that we're on the month one? Or how do you feel like you're doing in these areas in the month two? Because ultimately where we try and go now is let them know up front, Andy, that well, we we think this is going to work. You know, everything you went through from a from a, a, a assessment standpoint says you'd be a great fit for this role. Uh, we just got to see if, if if it is if you're if you like it and you know we're we're meshing well. So here's what wild success looks like, and let's just keep talking because we'll know really quickly whether you don't think it's working or whether we don't think it's working. I don't ever want it to be a surprise. So what we typically do um, is in sometime in that first three months. I mean, we try and three months is way long enough probably too long. Um, you know, and, and, but, but in advance you're telling them, Hey, uh, how do you think this is going? And either they're going to go, well, I know I've got a lot to work on and it's this, this, and this, or if it's, let's let's say it's a not, it's it's not working. Um, or you're saying, yeah, it's not working. And here's why, because I really need you to have better mastery over these things. Mm -hmm. And then we give them a choice. We say, so a couple things, either one is you feel like you can do that. And, and we'll go ahead and, and check in in another month. And in another month, if we feel like we're still behind, then then we're going to need to to you know terminate our our relationship. Um, or, I mean, if it depends, I wanted to, you just tell me how you feel. I can go ahead and pay you for another month, and and you and you just resign now, uh, and and that'll and then you can go find the next thing that you think is a good fit. You tell me. And most of the time, what we found is people go ahead and resign now. Uh, very few will hang in there to go, well, let me try and work it out, you know, but that's, uh, that, that's one approach we've taken on that makes that a little lighter and, yeah. and everybody's clear about it in advance. And it's funny too, is if you ask an advisor, Hey, you have someone that is underperforming and would you rather pay them a month's salary right now? And they're like, B option B you're like, no, no, hold on. Option B is they're underperforming. You're going to give them another month of very likely underperforming. And you get to pay them. So they're going to work with you for another 30 days and you get to pay them. It's more expensive to have them continue to work for you. Right. That's, uh, and it's the other thing I found is that the time you have the wrong person working for you is time you're not looking for the right person. Right. The moment you hire the wrong person, you stop looking for the right person. You didn't realize that you'd have the wrong person, but it's sort of like, I've got to get out of this. Why? It's like, so it's, it's classic uh, dumb and dumber, you know, like we drove four hours in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? It's like, stop and go the other way. For those who don't get that reference, I'm sorry. It's a great move. But, you know, they drove the wrong way. Uh, you got to stop and go the right way. And so the quicker you can stop and go the right way, uh, sometimes that's really money well spent. Stephanie, what are your thoughts on um, the, the things that you need to do once you get people on board to get them up to speed as quick as possible? Sure. Well, I think like Wes mentioned with the, with the mastery list, I think clear expectations from the beginning is key and make sure you're on the same page. And then I think you dive into systems, get them up to speed with the systems you use, the software that you use, how you use it, um, you know, how to prioritize because that looks different for some teams and then giving them the resources they need, um, to go call. And you don't need to necessarily handhold them, give them the coaching and let them go. And I'll tell you, one of the best hires ever made, she was day two on the job. I had her sitting right beside me, showing her how to fill out the applications. And she's like, and, and we're talking a stack of, you know, applications, probably six, eight inches deep, paperwork. 
And she just picked it up and she said, give me a list of phone numbers and let me run with it. And I was dumbfounded. I said, go. And it was beautiful. So, (laughs) you know, somebody that's got initiative and and helping them think that way. Some people may not have the self-confidence to to do that, but empower them, you know, don't GPS leadership them, you know, give them what they need. And here's a set of phone numbers and here's who you can talk to. And, you know, don't be afraid to say, you know, I'm new and helping them understand all of that, that they're learning and let them fly, you know, and they're, it'll sink or swim, right? Yeah. And and there's a, there's a great element to what you brought up, Steph, is that you, you could, you could trust her with that, that part of it. And it, you knew it wasn't going to sink the ship if she was inaccurate or wrong, because you were going to verify. Right. And then, and then you verified enough to go. I don't just get the, the, Hey, trust to try it out. I'm going to give you, I don't even need to verify anymore because you're so good at this consistently. So it's, it's this iterative delegation that want to be clear about what success looks like in that role Two, then start giving them things they can do that if it's wrong on their own, it doesn't sink the whole ship. You know, it's a, it's like a, a, you fall, but you don't fall that far. Yeah. And then, and then when you pass that point, then you give them the rest of the rope. Yeah. There's a lot there. There's a, there's a lot to unpack there. And, um, yeah, there's just, there's a, there's a lot of other places I want to go with this. So let, let me, let me kind of wrap with this, um, Wes, unless you've got uh, other things I'm going to cover, but, um, I, I think some bigger lessons are that, um, it, it can take time to find the right person. Um, and the quicker you get the wrong person out of that seat, the quicker you can get the right person onto the seat. It's not personal. You love them, God loves them, but it doesn't mean you have to pay them to work for you. Uh, yeah. and so, so swap them out as quick as you can. Um, that you'll probably know pretty quickly, right? Uh, and I think there's somewhere in here where you just have to kind of trust your gut, you know, on things. Um, oh, and here's one other idea that, that I was, and I think maybe I mentioned this before, when we were looking at within our company of hiring someone, I, I said to a business coach that we work with, I just don't want to have to work for, or have someone work for me that, I have to do this and this and this and this. And he goes, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hire that person, Andy. Like you, you, that would be a bad hire. And I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, if you don't want someone to work for you that does that, don't hire that person. So part yeah. of this is the fear that advisors have is, you know, they're usually not taught to lead and taught to hire. They're taught to just sell products, right? Um, they don't really see and have a vision for there are people out there who love this stuff um so i want you to maybe let's end this with some encouragement some positivity of you know stephanie and and, and west both of you to speak to your, your there's advisors who are listening right now and they absolutely need to add an a player um what do you want them to take away from our conversation today and what what message do you want them echoing in their head about adding A players in order to grow their business. And I'm going to have Stephanie, you go first and then Wes. Sure. Well, I think the first thing and one of the hardest things for his advisors is you got to take the leap of faith. You know, you do everything you can to hire someone, but even just making a decision to hire someone is so hard for advisors early in their practice. And I can't afford to. Well, you can't afford not to, right? So I think that's very important. And then, you know, do all your due diligence that you can. And if it's not the right fit, that's okay. Cut your losses and move on because it, it can take a few tries and that's okay. You know, you just have to to keep trying and the right fit will come. And you just have, like I said, have to keep faith in that and trust the process. Love that. Thank you. 
Wes? Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think for the advisor, really trying to start with the end of what does wild success look like for this role you're bringing in. And we'll put up, Annie, some uh, links to some templates that are are just samples of what maybe in an administrative role that's brand new to a, a one advisor firm, what is that What is that first six months look like? What does a year look like? Um, that way people can get an idea of some of the things we're thinking of. And, and I would absolutely test, um, you know, if you're not familiar with Colby, if you're not familiar with Working Genius, uh, you can go look those up. There's a great podcast on both. Um, we yeah. teach that in uh, Transform. We're about to get into that in the next couple of weeks in Transform because it's not just, you can create great language and great processes and systems, but without all the people to fuel it, it you're just going to be limited on what you're able to accomplish. So, so understanding what is ideal team look like? What is ideal calendar? As you're navigating those systems, because because it changes, so and we we have a lot of other tools and stuff like that we use, but those are the initial ones, like just the the I would not hire anybody without doing those and understanding what those mean to it are, are critical. Yeah, I want to I want to end with this if that's all right, Wes. I, I would also say that um, with the right people on the bus, um, you you cannot fathom how great the ride can be. Like, it's just better than you can imagine. It's like, this is work. Like, it's work, but you're like, man, this is, man, it's great. Wow, they wow me all the time. And man, I love being with them. And, you know, when I'm weak, they're strong. When they're weak, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's great. We, everything, we make everyone better together. You know, it's just, it's, it's just better and better and better. With the right people on the bus, you really can do pretty amazing things. With the wrong people on the bus, you're not, you just can't get anywhere. It's just, it's like, who is standing on the brake? You know yeah. what I mean? Get them off the bus. Um, and, and so I would just encourage folks, um, have a vision. Um, and it'll probably be exceeded if you get the right people on the bus. But if you're trying to get somewhere with the wrong people on the bus, you know, again, God love them. You love them, but get them off the bus. It is not, you're, you're not going to get there. Wes, I'm going to give you the last word. Yeah. I think the last word is just going to be a forecast for another one of these that we'll need to do. And we'll need to have yeah, Steph same, same on. Yeah is going to be, I think even when you've got a great team and you've got um, great people that are in the right seats, again, you're, and you're going to not, that you're not going to keep adding. But I think a whole different topic that is really important is maintaining emotional fitness as an organization, hmm. because we're people and we go through life stuff, you know, over years that have an impact on the impact we're capable of making at work. And we all need to be just aware of that and understand what are the things we can do as a team to put ourselves in the best possible position to maintain the emotional health of the organization to where everybody's still excited about being a part of what we're doing. Uh, and I think that's a whole, whole nother podcast, but. Yeah. And so I think that there is, there's going to be a season for us and it might be an actual season of the show, but I think that there is a space for this where we get into those, like, uh, you have to tell me, um, I was calling you Seth cause I was going to say Seth, but Seth talks about this West. Where like, let's stop saying that like soft skills aren't real skills. Like soft skills are the key skills. Like, I don't remember this phrase, but like that the, the, the soft skills are, are maybe the most important skills that, that those who are really, really great. Like Mark Cuban isn't great on Shark Tank because he's great at X's and O's. Like, like his greatest strength is probably like, he's just really likable. Like, how's that work? You know, obviously he knows quite a bit about business. You know what I mean? Sure. But like, Maybe your greatest skill is your ability to, to have soft skills. Um, that's certainly true. I think of advisors, you know, um, but I think as a team, the value of soft skills, the value of emotional intelligence, the value of 
really understanding the temperature of your team yeah. um, um, is I, I, that's just something not, not a lot of people talk about, uh, but it's deeply, deeply important. So we'll address that. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for your contribution to Wes and his team. Uh, Justin, thank you for your time. Wes, thank you for your time. And for those listening or watching, I want to encourage you to take action on this. Uh, if you're scared about adding someone, uh, if you're confused about adding someone, then, you know, reach out and let's know how we can help. Um, and check out westendlive.com for some more resources on that. And uh, we'll continue to make some resources for you to help you do that. But every great advisor that I've ever met has a great team. So if you're listening or watching and you want to become a great advisor and you don't have that team yet, then you know the next step. Start to build out a team. Start today praying for your Stephanie. There's more of them out there. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. 